Ball shoot save. Smith the rebound stop. Another try. They score. Braden McNabb, his first of the year. Two to one Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Out of the net, extra passing. Smith settles. His shot knocked down. It's a loose puck in front. Now Smith scores. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome into the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Chris Chapman, Lindsey Brown, no Darren Millard, no Ryan Wallace. They are both enjoying their last few days of the bye week. Uh, me and Lindsay, one more day in this, well, in these particular seats. Yep. One more chance to capture the moment, people. Yes, yes. And uh, we have one more chance for you to keep up the integrity of the woo because we are live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Beltway, home of the woo. There felt we go. Good. Felt good. It felt good. It felt solid. LB. Rolling with the woo. She keeps it up. Five for five. Rolling, 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 rolling. Can we get some Limp Biscuit going just for the All-Star festivities? Starfish. God, what an album. Uh. <laughs> what an album. You know, funny story about Limp Biscuit. I saw those guys on the Warp Tour one year. Maybe like the third or fourth year the Warp Tour was a thing. And nobody knew who they were. And my buddy knew, my buddy Jim, who actually lives in South Florida, by the way, um, and he was like, hey, I want to go see this band. So we go over to the stage, and they're on one of the side stages. And when they start playing, there's only like maybe 45, 50 people there. By the end of their set, which was about 30 minutes, there were probably like 10,000 people there. Magnetic presence, It was. It was unbelievable. Oh, God. See, but this was before like they released that Faith, the, the George Michael cover, Faith. Yeah. So this was like that album. But it hadn't gone mainstream yet, so that was kind of a uh, a cool thing to see them. Uh, but this is our last show, and we're hoping to have a good one. We're expected to be joined in a few minutes by Bill Lindsay from NHL Network. Now, he played for the Florida Panthers for multiple seasons. He was on the inaugural team. He was on their Stanley Cup final team, so we are uh, expected to be joined by him from South Florida. He's down there with NHL Network covering... Literally everyone but us is down there. Yeah, I'm looking at the mascots right yep, now. Yeah, Nordy's there with his mullet. The uh, the the Bobcat from the Oilers. I forget what... Is it Yuppie for, yeah, the, Yuppie, for he, the Canadians? He used to be the Expos mascot. And uh, when and the Expos went away... he was laid off because of the economy and <laughs> yes, went to hell. Yes, yes. Um, he found a new gig. I, I'm bad because I, I don't know the, the names of any of the mascots outside of Chance. And Bailey, right? Bailey is the L.A. Kings mascot. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, I gave you the Minnesota one. His name's Nordy. Nordy. Yep. And then... I don't know what the Avs mascot's name is. The devil is just is. NJ Devil. Yep, okay. And of course, That's I know Gritty. Biblical name. Yeah, Gritty. 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 Iconic. I don't know there's what There's no the, bigger what, mascot what, in the world than Gritty, what, and you Oh, know there's it. Chance, yeah. Well, Next Chance to Bailey. Chance somebody's head per well, use. What the hell is... is that cracking thing. The boo- its name is Bowie. B U O Y. It looks like a troll. That's exactly what it is. Without the hair. That's exactly what. Well, it has hair, but, yeah, but let's it's just not say like... it got cotton hair dryer on the way out. Yeah. But that, uh, that South Florida humidity. Oh yeah, it's yeah. windy there too. So I don't know how humid it is there, but you know, <laughs> people got to let the flow fly. Uh, 
Now, we are also going to talk. There's been some speculation about the status of, of what indefinitely means for Mark Stone and potentially how the Golden Knights may handle this. Sure. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the All-Star game. like Briefly. Briefly, yeah. There's not and, much to talk about, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we have your your note cards. Yep. Not the, are you, have you come up with a new name other than the Musings? Lindsay's, Lindsay's cue cards? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we can do it. Oh, <gasps> we're getting a phone call. Hold on. Okay, so uh, while Lindsay answers the phone, I'll continue letting you know what we've got coming up. Uh, we have the, uh, we're going to talk in the second hour about the second half outlook for the Golden Knights. And, uh, you know, we're also going to have one-timers, of course, and we will finish it up with a catching up with Chapman uh, to round out the week, to round out our Friday afternoon and uh, right now, we are going to jump on the phone. We're being joined by Bill Lindsay from NHL Network. And uh, Bill is in South Florida, sunny, warm, humid South Florida, covering the game for NHL Network. Bill, how are you today? I'm doing good. How's things out there? Uh, not too bad. It's a, it, it Less was a, tropical. Yeah, it was a little chilly to start the week, but we've warmed up as, as we've yeah. uh, gone forward. I think it was about 60 today, so no complaints on our end. No, that's good. I got a lot of family out that way, so... Now, Bill, I, I, I got to ask you, because you started your career with the Florida, or you were part of the inaugural Florida Panthers team in 1993. You were part of the team that made the Stanley Cup final in 1996. Now, there's some traditions in hockey. In Detroit, obviously, the Octopus. In Nashville, they've got the Catfish. catfish. Here in Vegas, there's the Victory Flamingo. But in Florida, there's the Rats. So for the people who may not know, how did that tradition start, and what was your what what went through your mind the first time you saw people throwing rats on the ice? Well, I'll get to the first part of the story quickly. Uh, we only played games at Miami Arena. We didn't practice there. We had a practice rink up north a bit towards the Fort Lauderdale area. But so we the the locker room at Miami Arena was quite small, and it had a little narrow passageway that we would walk through before we kind of got out into the corridor before to get onto the ice. And uh, we were sitting there fully getting ready, just about the two-minute mark to go on the game. Some guys are in that little hallway. It's narrow. Some guys are still back in the dressing room, and we're getting set to go on the ice. And this huge rat came just flying down that tunnel, and it was well-fed. Whatever was going on at Miami Arena that, at that time, the, the rat was big. So it, it, was, it was getting its fair share of food. Everyone uh, just jumped out of the way. There, you never, hockey players are supposed to be brave and strong, but guys were screaming, diving everywhere, and it entered our locker room and did a couple, did one full lap, got it through unscathed, and finally our assistant captain at that time, Scott Mellonby, said enough's enough and grabbed his stick and one timed it, just <laughs> one time to right across the room and paled it into into the the plaster on the other side of the room. The rat died instantaneously. Scott didn't have time because we're going on the ice to, to tape his stick, so he's still got a little little rat blood and hair into his stick, and he ended up scoring a goal in the first period, a goal in the second period, and uh, we ended up winning the game. And after the game, our goaltender, John Van Beesbrick, coined that he got a rat trick. Uh, instead of a hat trick, he had the two goals and the rat. And we bought a toy rat, memorialized it, put the time and date, and there was an indenta- indent- indentation in the wall. 
so we, we had a little tribute to the rat, and it got into the newspaper, and the story took off, and all of a sudden fans are throwing rats on the ice, and we had little mice, actually, live mice at the beginning. That was kind of freaky, and then turned into the toy rats that lasted throughout the playoffs. So that's the, the story of that, the, the rat story from that, that aspect of it. Um, and the second part was, what what was your thought the first time you saw someone throwing them on the oh, ice? Yeah, so the mice, yeah, so that's what I was getting at. Yeah, it was, it was just, uh, yeah, so the live mice, it, it started where I was like, this is, something weird's going on here. And there's a few toy rats, and all of a sudden the announcement come, just no more live animals on the ice. And I was like, we're going into a strange place here where we're not supposed to throw live animals to the ice. <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible story, though. But but you guys yeah. are looking for every opportunity, I'm sure, because as Chris mentioned, you know, you're 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 trying to make an impression down there, being a new team in a, in a very new hockey market, and that's kind of what the Golden Knights have gone through here. And and they had some early success, much like you guys did in Florida. And so I was wondering, probably not as an interesting of a story or a sacrifice, but how tough was it for you to play with that added pressure, at least the target on your back, so early and unexpected? Expectedly, from your early success as a member of the Panthers, it was uh, it was hard, but it was it was exciting. Uh, you can probably talk to the the people in Vegas that were there early for the Stanley Cup, and I, I watched it closely and watched watched your team. It's it, there's nothing like it, and a group of guys like that when you're kind of the underdogs into the league. For for us, it was year three going to the Stanley Cup final. You guys got it right out of the bat. Uh, which is his historic. You broke all our records actually for expansion franchise. Uh, so to do that kind of stuff and have a target on your back is is what you actually want as an athlete. You want to be in that position, that heightened sense that that goes with it, the pressure that goes with it. All of a sudden, you have expectations. But if if you want to be successful as an athlete or as a team. You want to strive for those those expectations. You want those goals. So there was pressure that went along with it. But to me, looking back at my career, that was that was some of the pinnacle. That was some of the highlight because any chance you get to step into the NHL playoffs and step on the ice in the playoffs, there's the regular season and then there's the real season. And the playoffs are, are the ultimate real season. And when you go through it and go round by round, you remember every drop of sweat that comes off you. You remember every everything that you went through, all the grind, all the pain. I could look back at my regular season. I remember maybe four or five goals that I scored over 13 years. You talk about my postseason. I remember every single postseason goal that I scored. So that's that is that is what you want as an athlete. Now you you when I look at your career, you you played for. I'll call them newer franchises. Obviously, Florida, you did play a few games for the Sharks uh, one year, and you played for the Thrashers. So when you see a team like Vegas come in and have immediate success, as a guy who has experience playing for those expansion franchises, what 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 does that make you feel? How does that make you feel when you see that success so early on? Oh, it's uh, To me, it was uh, that season, I watched it so closely. I, I was enthralled by it. Because here you put together together a group, and you just it was talented players, and I know there was talented players to pick from, but you are getting players off other teams that they didn't want, they didn't, and you get them, and all of a sudden you put that put together a group that's able to go to a Stanley Cup final in the first year. It's 
it's one of the greatest sports stories. Even though you didn't win the cup, our, our our run with our group of guys was special. But when you guys look back, and hopefully we haven't won a Stanley Cup here, or, and if you guys eventually win that actual Stanley Cup, but when you look back at what you did in that inaugural season and what we did in, in year number three, that is stuff that will be cherished forever. It's it's such a rarity and such a special occasion just to burst onto the scene like that. And we did it down here in Miami. We we, we just captured the whole city. And I know that I've been up in Vegas in, the, in that area, and I know you, you, I see Vegas, Golden Knights, license plates everywhere. You, you have captured and enamored that whole city to the team, just what you did right out of the start. And it's a remarkable feat. We're talking to NHL legend Bill Lindsay, and you mentioned the punch of the playoffs and just how impactful it is for you all these years later. And you had such a, a great year, a successful year for the Panthers last year, but then they make the huge trade, one of the biggest trades that this uh, business has seen in a minute. And you have a, a breaking of the core, that is Huberto and Barkoff, along with Mackenzie Weger going up to Calgary, and you bring Matthew to Chuck down here. But you can kind of get the reasoning now because clearly that loss and those those these last couple years against the Tampa Bay Lightning have been really tough for them. But what's your read on this team as they fight for a playoff spot just a year removed from that President's Trophy season? Got to get it back on track. First off, the Kachuk trade has worked out for for the for Kachuk's been everything that has advertised. He's brought brought the game, the intensity, the intangibles that they want. The first uh, half of the season for the Panthers. Analytics should have bared out. It should have been better, but it didn't. You didn't get results. There's five, six games that you definitely should have had two points that, that you just let slip away that that shouldn't happen. But bad goal, whatever you want to happen, those were points were lost that shouldn't have. Then the Christmas break came. You had injuries. You had the flu. Just could not get on track. And that, and from that point, you're scrambling. You're just trying to get back into it. And the goaltenders went right down before the all-star break we're playing our third string goaltender it always just never seemed to get cohesive uh just on the right track it's there it always felt like it something that that's on the tip of your tongue you, you can almost taste it but you just can't you can't get get there the game before the all-star break boston scored with 48 seconds left panthers scored with one second left won it in overtime might have saved the season any chance that they have at, at playoffs. If they come back out of this break, they're one of the teams that is capable of going on a run, getting hot, but they're in a precarious situation uh, uh, with this team. There's, there's expectations down here because of those last couple of years, but they're going to they're gonna have to just, in Vegas too, you guys know how, how, how important down the stretch is and how tough it is, but they are going to have to find their A game and play it all the way through, or they're they're going to miss the playoffs, and it's going to be one of the, one of those years that you look back and say, "Boy, what if?" And uh, the what if years are tough to handle. Now in Florida, they, they've they've gone through three coaches in the last year and a half, obviously with Quinville and then Andrew Burnett last year, who wins the 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 you know who, who won the Presidents Cup, and now Paul Maurice. So. As a player, how hard is it to go through that transition, not once, but twice, over the course of such a short period of time? It, it depends on, yeah, it's, there's some changing to the systems. That can, that, that can take a while to gravitate to. It, it depends on, on how much a coach has come in and wants to, to kind of change. And Paul Maurice came in here and wanted to, to change some of the identity of what they were 
the speed game, and there was a significant change, and the guys trying to grasp onto that maybe with some of the early struggles. If, if you look back at, like, if you take a team like Boston and Jim Montgomery coming in, the veterans, he doesn't have to change much. He just has to kind of be a new voice in the locker room, tweak a couple of things, and that, that change not not going to be so hard because of the veteran leadership in your your room. But what you're talking about is there was some system systematic changes with with Paul Maurice uh, that they're trying to get implemented and to to buy into. He said he wanted to play playoff hockey during the regular season, and it, it can be hard on a player uh, if you start thinking instead of just reacting. It causes problems because you want you want the sport to be reactionary, and the Panthers are getting closer to their identity. They're sure hoping it happens after this All Star break. It has to happen. And one of the tenets about this game that I really love is about the commitment to the process and how you just go to the rink every day. You try to go through the motions, but you have to be online for those. And everybody goes through lulls where they're not playing their best, where they're not producing to their best of their ability. So I want to ask what you would do if you found yourself in a scoring lull, maybe a little bit more snake-bitten, and you're trying to rewire that quick twitch reflex that says pass, but it should be shoot first. How did you deal with going through those lulls? Yeah, really changed because I scored in junior hockey lots when I was young in the league and went like ten games without a goal. It really bothered me. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But uh, I wasn't. I wasn't going to become a goal scorer in this league. Uh, I just knew I had to grind it out. Uh, I had to check, and then I had a role. And for me, for me, I got back always. I, I learned from some great coaches, and so the last thing, I even even the top goal scorers, I would tell them if you're in a slump. Last thing you want to worry about is scoring. Focus on everything else, the defensive side of the puck, work in the corner battles, and get scoring out of your mind. Because if you start cheating and trying to score, if you start thinking about all doing all the little things right and correctly, then the, all of a sudden you got scoring chances because you're playing the game the right way. You're going through it. And for me, I would just always say, okay, win board battles, be strong defensively, Make sure, because if I'm doing those things, the coach is going to put me on the ice. And, and all of a sudden, when I was doing those things and playing, and forget, uh, then scoring chances, wow, scoring chances are coming. I'm more intense. So if you're going through, through struggles as a player, it's, it really boils down to just getting down into the details of the game. And if you play good defensive hockey, you're going to get really good offensive chances. It's amazing. It's, it's kind of a funny thing, but uh, slumps can happen. And if you are in a slump, I would just, that, that's the, the method I would almost tell everyone, just be good defensively and make sure you're not hurting that team that way. And the scoring chances will come your way. Bill Lindsay from NHL Network with us here on the VGK Insider Show. Chris Chapman, Lindsay Brown with you here on a Friday. Bill, I want to switch gears because obviously the news comes out this week about Mark Stone, his back surgery, second in the last few months. The words out indefinitely are attached to that. How does news like that travel through the NHL? And, and what's generally the response from, because you have all these teams now and all these players and execs down in South Florida. So when news like that comes out, how is that re- re- respond? How do teams respond to that around the league? And what, what's the general feel around the league when, when that news comes out? They know a superstar is lacking from one of the most talented teams in the league, and you guys have went through you the injuries, uh, to me, really hurt and cost you your season last year. It's uh, it's something that are, 
they're they're tough to overcome, and he's elite. Mark Stone's elite. He, he's in that top tier, and one of the best two-way wingers that we have in the game to play at both ends of the rink. Leadership skill. So it, it travels. It travels rapidly. That that a key cog is out in Vegas. And if I, if I was to look at your team in in Vegas, and for me, uh, if you have a player like Jack Eichel and uh, some of that surrounding score, but Jack Eichel, when he came in, he was he he belonged in that conversation with with McDavid, Matthews, he and some of the the burgeoning stars, McKinnon. He was he was in that conversation with those players and not being on a bad team in Buffalo, uh, the neck injury, all the sour notes in Buffalo. I would look like to a player to, to Jack Eichel, and this is his time if he wants to get into the conversation. With with those some of those top stars, this is his time to really t- carry that workload and show, man. Okay, you are. I, I'm a superstar. He has that ability to kind of put his a team on his back, and so it, the travels around. It's tough to overcome injuries, but you have players there. I, I mean, March or so, Carlson, Riley Smith. I've been watching that team. That it's been in and out, a little inconsistent. If those guys get back going the way they go. Theodore, Petrangelo, get healthy defense. You guys are good enough still with goaltending. Logan Thompson, I believe in him. I've seen enough from him. But it's just a little more out of those guys and Jack Eichel uh, being what he can possibly be a superstar, and you'll be fine in Vegas. Well, that's why the season's not over. I mean, you cannot replace Mark Stone and the talent that you so uh, beautifully illustrated that he is. But you got to think that the Knights are going to have to kind of double down on the talent that they do have here still. And you were a part of a couple in-season trades during your career. How tough is it to acclimate to a new team uh, that's done a bunch without you? And what was the biggest challenge for you during those times? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, when you walk into a new dressing room, you have to be cognizant uh, of because everyone's kind of got where they're fit, their roles, their teammates, and you, you have to get to know your teammates and kind of evaluate your surroundings and kind of where you fit into that group. So that they bring you in. If you get a trade, they tra- trade you for a specific role and what you're bringing your, your team into. I was being traded to come in to be a physical presence, uh, make sure, kill some penalties, and to help out on, on the defensive side of the puck. And I was going to... It was a it was a rewarding chance uh, if you especially if you're going from a team that's not in the hunt to a team that's in the hunt, it's kind of a, a breath of fresh air. It kind of just as I was talking about the playoffs, it kind of gets those juices flowing through your veins again. So it's yeah, the transition's a little tepid at the start of kind of where you fit in and in the group, but just knowing that a team wants you for a specific reason to try and get you over the hump is is exciting in a different way. If, if you're the player going to, to a team that if you guys are sending, getting someone into Vegas, believe me, people that, that are stepping into that Vegas situation, they're going to be excited about, about the opportunity they have. All right, Bill, real quick before we let you go, and Bill Lindsay, our guest from NHL Network, all the teams that appears down at the All-Star Game in, in Sunrise are all wearing their reverse retros. Now, I, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there that Florida – is my favorite, but of all the reverse retros that are out there and all, and all the ones that are being worn right now in Sunrise, which one is your favorite? So I grew up in Minnesota North Star. Yes! <laughs> yes, Bill! Now we're I, talking, we're besties, Bill! I like, so I, yeah, the Minnesota Wild, when they wear those reverse retro North Stars, 
it just brings back so many memories as a kid. Uh, first game I went to was the North Stars game. They won. That's that was my favorite team. So when and that 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 gold gold and green, it just it, it just it just pops. It's just got something to it. So I love the Panthers jersey. I love what they did with it. It's it just the theme down here. But there is something about that Minnesota Wild third jersey that just kind of pops out at me, and it, it looks it's sharp, it's sharp. So that's that's my favorite. All right, Bill, awesome stuff. Thanks so much for jumping on with us, and I hope you get to enjoy some of the festivities for the rest of the weekend while you're down there. All right, thank you very much. All the best out there in Vegas. Thank Thanks, you. Bill. All right, that was Bill Lindsay from NHL Network. He's my new favorite Bill. Yeah, he's yeah. my new favorite well, Bill. I, I think the last name probably. And my grandpa's uh, name Bill. I didn't even pull out my name joke because it was too late at that point. But maybe now that we're on a best friend basis, that we can <laughs> we can make he, that happen. He has time. surpassed uh, 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 Brian from uh, Brian from the Henderson Silver Knights. Now, well, he's, and, he's, and people that I haven't met that I might consider a friend. Yes, Bill Lindsay might yeah. have jumped a couple of spots there. <laughs> I, he moved up. The, I wouldn't the, the be charts. surprised yeah. if Minnesota made those jerseys permanent, like that color they are, scheme. They, they should. See, now I'm old enough to have remembered the North Stars. I remember when they lost to the Penguins in the Stanley we Cup don't like final. To talk about that, Chad. but they always had because green is my favorite color. So I always liked their yeah. their their jerseys, the green and gold, and the little N logo. Yep. And uh, Neil Broughton, Minnesota guy. I've been told. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't know if he still is, but there was a point, and he still might be the only guy yeah. to have ever won a gold medal in the Olympics. He was part of the Miracle on yeah, Ice team. Yes, he was. He won a NCAA championship Yep. with the Minnesota. Golfers. The Golden Golfers. And he won a Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a cool. Unfortunately, didn't win one with the Tell North Gordie Stars. Tell Gordy Howe to come up with a new moniker for that one. Yes, that's that it's is a different type of hat. It's trick, a Neil Broughton hat yeah. trick, and he was Preacher here. He was a dentist now. Neil was actually here, I think, when they had the uh, the anniversary for the Miracle oh, on Ice yeah, team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rammer was here, but yeah. it's basically just a collection of Minnesota. Mike Ruzioni. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. That that movie, by the way, one of the best sports oh, movies top five. ever made. Top it, five. It's easily awesome, but. Uh, yeah, cool stuff. I I like the. Who I do liked, you play for? I United liked, States of America. I like. <laughs> I liked the the wild reverse retros a couple of years ago when there was oh, no yeah, fans the whites, in attendance. The white ones were amazing. And but I, these I ones remember are just as good. seeing people walking around the arena in those, and they were cool. They were really really cool. I'm fairly certain that there is a reverse retro making its way to my mailbox that happens to don the number twenty nine. Oh yeah. Uh oh. Might become my favorite jersey you, you may, of the collection. You may not want to say that one too loud. I, well, you know, just because our friends leave us doesn't mean the ship does. Yes, okay? yes, that's a fair point. Okay. So, uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, I listened to, I, I, I mentioned the other day, I like to listen to Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman, 32 Thoughts. I, I really enjoy it I, because I, I feel like there's a contrast. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Jeff Merrick fan. I just think he's really good at what he does. He is. And he's great on air too. Yes, he, he he's really good. And he had obviously him and Elliot Friedman and Friedman reports. It was towards the end of the podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to it. Um, so he talks about the team as in the Golden Knights treating Mark Stone's injury as a season ending injury. And he used the quote. It would be a positive surprise if he came back and played before the playoffs. So. 
I feel like that's a fair assumption to make, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we don't know. No. He, he's he's very in tune with with people around the league. Elliot Friedman right. is, so he's not just putting it out there to 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 put it out there. No, and let's just do the math. Like we're in the February month and playoffs, Stanley Cup Finals in July, like the beginning of July slash end of June, right? Yeah. And so that's only four months, and you're expecting him to recover from his second back surgery in a calendar year within those four months. Like, I think it's a fair assumption, and to take that pressure off of him and to take that answer out of the fan base's mind of being like, will he or won't he, will he or won't he, just make the assumption it's not happening or we're proceeding as such. Now, he also went on to say that... The Golden Knights could be, and here's another quote, hunting for big game. Yep. Does that surprise you that they would still be looking to go all in? No, I think there's a ton of pressure on the front office right now to make this product work. And as we were just talking about with Bill, this is a very talented hockey team. Now, have they performed up to what we expect from that talent? No. And that included times when Mark Stone was in the lineup. So there's this wake up that needs to happen with them. But that could be supplemented with one of those big time moves to kind of shake things up and provide a little bit of a of a savior to it, like where you can kind of get the players like, okay, so they're doing something about it, at least for brings. It doesn't all have to be on us. Now I'm in, I'm in the, um, the camp of, I have no idea what they should do. Correct. Like I, I, I know I make it criticized for not really, for being a little wishy washy. Mm -hmm. Like there's times I feel like, you know what, maybe they should be sellers, but I don't know. What you sell? I don't know what world that they're a selling team right now. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're ever a selling they're team. They're not ready to move into that phase of their organizational timeline. Because once you start selling, that means you're ready to start kind start of rebuilding. taking exactly. Yeah. And, and so I don't know if we're there. I don't I don't I don't believe I'll, I'm willing to take a stand on that. I'm not affiliated with them in any way other than I get to I get to hang out and have a sleepover in their studio for this week. Yeah. And so but if if I'm reading the tea leaves the way that I do it's that they're going to give this roster every chance. Yeah, I, I I think that's fair. I mean, I'm 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 taking a wait and see approach. By the way, want to update uh, fastest skater Chandler Stevenson did not. He did not get off to a good start. No, he he, he finished he finished third. Mm -hmm. Um, the the finals will Kale be. Kale fell, so there's yeah. that. So and he finished ahead of what Dylan Larkin. What have you Larkin. done for us lately, Kale? What I, kind I, of scrub are you? Unfortunately, two tenths of a second. Behind Kevin Fiala, who also advanced to the final, so Shvetchnikov against Fiala. Rocking quite a muzzy too. Yeah, I, you know, I. He's a I, strapping lad, the Fiala character. My my prediction was way off because I picked Dylan Larkin to win and Kevin Fiala what to finish to last. He he just the legs were too long, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. God, look at Mitch Marner in these sunnies. Yeah. My yeah. God. So the name that was kind of thrown around on the podcast was Timo Meyer. We talked a bit about him yesterday. He's at the top of everybody's trade board yeah. now. So that's that's the scary part. And we've talked a little bit about it with the callers this week about there's going to be plenty of people in line. So you better figure out exactly what you want to do and be that first phone call to that GM because somebody else is going to snap them up. Now, there 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 is a new general manager in San Jose, but the yep. Golden Knights and Sharks have worked together in the past on trades. There was a trade during the draft in which I believe it landed the Golden Knights late in AHAC. And then there was a trade a few years ago, and I think San Jose was the third team in the Robin Leonard deal. Uh, so, sure. But 
it's a new 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 regime in San Jose, so they may yeah. not be as willing to, to work with the Golden Knights. But they're going to go highest bidder, whoever Absolutely. it is, because and, they're going to be able to should, play people off of each other. A, you're not going to be able to re-sign Timo Meyer. Nope. And B, you just want to make sure that you're going to get the most in return. Right. So, um, needless to say, Lindsay, I think we can expect the unexpected, and things are going to get very, very interesting as the trade deadline approaches. Yep. I have no idea. Like, I legit... Like, in years past, I've been pretty stern, and they're going to do this. They're going to do that. I have no idea. Yeah. Unscripted. We're the, in that mode. Yeah. This is unscripted for us, too. This is the Vegan go- Vegas Golden Knights. What did I say? Vegan? Vegan? Vegan Golden Knights? No. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Fox Sports Las Vegas. Chris Chapman, Lindsey Brown with you here on a Friday. We'll be back right after this. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. What? Okay, chap. Yeah. Okay. Saturday, Sunday, what? Welcome back to the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Chris Chapman, Lindsey Brown with you here. Last show of the week. Just want to... A little uh, housekeeping, mm-hmm. so to speak. There will be no, for obvious reasons, no parlay contest this week. So that will be back. I don't know what that is. So, you're so exactly so right. So the parlay contest is we 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 one we every week one listener has an opportunity to win money. Mm. All they have to do is pick the winner in three games that are thrown out by me, Ryan Wallace, and. Darren Millard. Simple, right? Sounds to be not, we're not doing this this week. Not simple. Not simple. Well, we it's are, hard to do. We are now at $600, which will be available next week. Uh, our, our guy last week, Randy, did not win. Damn it, Randy. So every week that someone doesn't win, we add $100. So huh. we have not had one winner. And I am embracing being the villain because my, in my games, mm-hmm. people are one and four in my games. In fact, people have lost twice going two and one, and the one game they lost was the game I threw out there. Ryan, Ryan was the bad guy last week because not only did Randy lose the game Ryan threw out there. Mm-hmm. But he also made Randy have to care about the Ducks and the Coyotes. Game. Unfortunate error. <laughs> yeah. So, Those are two and a half hours of your life you'll never get back. Is Pat Maroon rocking a man bun right now? It looks like he, he absolutely is. Yeah. Is. Yeah. So he's got field goals for teeth and a man bun. <laughs> and an unbuttoned. He's, yeah. He's, oh, he's got there's the taco an extra meat. button. Yeah. There's an extra button that uh, got lost. It <laughs> yes. just popped off yes. voluntarily. It quit. So the All-Star game is taking place right now. Well, not the game itself, but the, the skills challenge is taking place right yeah, now. Yeah, the goalies that Logan don't matter Thompson, in your mind are, yeah. are lining up right now. Logan Thompson comes out. If and I was Logan Thompson in this line, you have Vasilevsky, Allmark, Shesterkin. UC Saros. UC Saros, who we're going to talk about in a few minutes. I like UC Saros. He's so good, and he's an anomaly in the, in today's day and age in terms of goaltenders. But we're going to talk about that in the next segment, Chapman. I know, I know. You you cannot uh, Connor contain Allen yourself. Buck, I know that he was handing out his his book that we were talking about yesterday yeah, yeah. with the mental health stuff. And then uh, who else we got here? We got, is that Skinner? Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner! Not Jeff Skinner. 
No. As I made that mistake. Everybody's going with the Dustbuster Muzzies. Yeah, Stuart's got a giant caterpillar. Yep. And there's LT. LT. There's a guy rocking like the crisscross, totally crossed out Rasmus Dahlin jersey against yeah. the glass there. Like, what's up with that? Why would you wear your jersey? Well, oh my God. Sorokin is so awkward. He's totally, well, Sorokin's like, not totally crossed de- out, but that fan is. into the camera as you humanly can. And there's my boy. I yes. talked to him. Yeah. I asked him about Miga Zabinajad shot and oh, what makes right. him special. I remember that. And he goes, sometimes he shoots puck hard. Sometimes it hits me in face. I try to duck or something to that effect. Zabinajad. I know. It's on my TikTok. You can find it. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that that I think is always a question is how do you improve the All-Star game to get people more interested in it, to get more player participation? And the question I want to pose to you is, should the All-Star Game be like the Super Bowl, where it is on a rotation and it's generally only in warmer weather cities? Except like for that one time in New York. Well, well New York is a, its own animal. But, like, I think... It's not, warm it's not warm there. No, but it's Madison Square Garden, and I don't think anyone wants to turn down an opportunity to play at Madison Square Garden, or I don't think anyone wants to turn down an opportunity to play in uh, Toronto, or Montreal, because those are just classic NHL cities. But should the All-Star Game only be in warmer weather cities like L.A., Vegas? I don't know if the NHL has gotten to the point where they can basically be choosers because they're kind of beggars. Still. Well, And I, I, I think the, the aspect of that is you would also piss off a lot of old right. school. Well, and that's why I, I kind of agree with having in the warmer weather cities because ultimately you're trying to win over new hockey fans rather than placating the ones that you already got. But I think you have to switch it off. I, I honestly do because if you just put it in the warm weather cities, it's just a differing, differing marketing campaign that you're probably signing up for. And it's just you want to make sure that everybody feels the love. And I know that these guys, if they had to pick, if you're playing in Edmonton and you're like, well, do you want to go to Minnesota or Florida for five or six days? You're like, yeah, I would like to go to South Beach and wear my flip flops. I get it. But it can't be every single year. A lot of these guys are multi-year guys anyways. And so, whatever. Well, I, I think there's a couple aspects, though. Because I think in, in one regard, you have guys who, who by the way, is that Elias Pettersson? Yeah. Ah. What about him? It was rocking the Johnny Canuck jersey. Oh, my God. Jersey. These pads that Connor Hellebuck is wearing are giving me feelings. So, I, <laughs> I, I think the aspect is you get maybe more player participation. More players because they're on their bye week. But the week. only ones that aren't participating are the ones that got always. Yeah, but last year, I, I I think there were some guys who maybe didn't show up and, and maybe the year uh, before. Maybe it was the year before that because everybody showed up to Vegas. Everybody wants to come here. If, if You can't always do the Vegas experience when you're playing the regular season. I saw younger to Chuck ripping it up at the tables as I was just walking around Aria. Like on all your way those, to the club? Oh, yeah. 100% I was on my way to the club. <laughs> he was not going to the club. He was with his, uh, his betrothed or his soon-to-be betrothed, but... I I just think these guys want to get away a little bit at the same time, even though this is still a work obligation. But, yeah, it's it's tough because every single All-Star game, no matter what sport it is, it's a joke. By the way, this this thing that they're doing now is the Tandy Tendum. Oh, a two-on-oh? 
Good luck. Have fun. Oh, oh hell of luck stopped it. See, I yeah. would hate to be. I would hate my life as a goalie at these events. But I mean, I, I've I've been in three v three situations for tournaments where it was just like me versus the entire golfer women's hockey team, and I let in more goals in one afternoon than I did in my entire collegiate season. But this is just ha ah, two on one, two on all. Oh, see if you can touch it. So it's it's. Stuart Skinner and Logan Thompson against UC Saros and Connor Hellebuck. Yep. And it looks like I, I don't know what they're now doing. We're so Skinner pucks in. What? Skinner Oh, they're shooting for the goal. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. And and it's not even an open goal. There's like a little slot. Yeah. Like a mail oh, slot. They got it. These are professionals. Oh shoot. I thought she scored. Oh, that was a nasty save. That was. Well, I think she missed, but Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe. But so I'm a fan of the warmer weather places for obvious reasons. I, I like the idea of it being in Vegas more than once every decade or every 15 years. Oh, it'll be back quick. I think I, I think Vegas should just be in any rotation every four years and have the rest of the the swine fight for the other spots. But it sounds like the, they, they enjoyed South Florida. Well, the weekend's not over yet, is it? Well... No. Might have a couple too many tequila sunrises and maybe we'll be singing a different tune on Weekends Sunday. are made. Oh, somebody just scored. Oh, that jumps straight I, up. Stuart goal. Skinner. Oh, wow. Let's get him pumped up more. Great. Yeah. Great. Oh, is this, uh, what are they? This is weird. This, this, a three on O. Oh my goodness. I want to talk about UC Soros. Can we go to break soon? <laughs> no, we can't go to break. Why? So anyway, um, if you want to go to break, we go to break. Well, I'm just saying we're, we're, we've we've gone through this topic, right? We're talking about the All Star thing. I'm kind of worried about swearing, and so I'd rather like. <laughs> Why would you swear? Because I get excited. Yeah, and but I'm you're just a professional. Letting, you can't swear. I am swear. a professional, but I make mistakes. Everybody has those days. <laughs> Hannah Montana. Listen, I. Every- Hillary Knight just hit the post. You can't expect her. I mean, she's one of the best players in the world. Even she, even she, when, is when a I- human among us. I I am probably the person who swears the most when the microphones are not on. And I don't mean in the studio. I definitely try to avoid that at all costs. But I I have trained myself to not slip. Oh, I have to have the headphones on. I swore on TV. I said hell, which really well, that's not that a big. swear. It's not, but it, you don't it was my second time ever on TV chap. And you don't want to be the person that just shows up after their initial invitation and starts pooing all over. Like, it's just not a great habit to get into. Yeah, for the record, I don't think these guys are even trying no, to No, they're not trying. That's why you're <laughs> like, we're, let's talk about the All-Star game. Why? <laughs> all right. We're going to head to break. Chris Chapman, Lindsey Brown here with you on a Friday afternoon. Fox Sports Las Vegas VGK Insider Show. We'll be back after this. Oh, my God. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. VGK Insider Show, wrapping it up here, hour number one. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell the scoring is in this goalie competition, but uh, I think Logan Thompson and Stuart Skinner lost. But uh, Tommy came up with some big saves, too. They lost to Connor Hellebuck and uh, a guy you want to talk about. UC Soros, almost like 
it was just planned for this to happen. Because I have some notes about UC Soros from earlier this year, but last season, as we know, UC Soros is a very talented net miner for the Nashville Predators. Right now he's rocking with the 2.74 goals against average and a 9-2-0 save percentage. But the team has struggled compared to last year, the record being 19-13-5. That's mostly because Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson have decided to stop scoring again. But in terms of what I see from him in the way that he moves, the way that he stands, the way that he plays. This is a guy who's kind of an anomaly in our league these days because most net miners you're going to find are over six foot three, six foot four. I think what's Tommy? Six five? Yeah, he's a big Something guy. Something crazy like that. You see, he's 5'11 and 180 pounds. So when you're working with a little bit more compact package like he is, he's going to have a much different stance because he has to move a lot more efficiently to cover more ground. So he has a wide and shallow stance with patter feet that kind of claw knees down like a skipping rock so he drops right after a light rotation again as I mentioned undersized compared to most giants and has to be a good mover to play and play more conservative gaps so he can't really get too far outside of his net because he simply doesn't have the body to cover it and so he's going to have those a lot more tight as a slanted blocker and an extended ramp of his stick that's something that shooters can kind of look to uh manipulate in a way because goalies will go out and chase those pucks they will create rebounds right in front of you instead of just allowing them to be directed into the corner sometimes when you get guys that are a little bit rushed upstairs they'll try to impact the game too quickly but he gaps to rush in the neutral zone and he throws his hips and uses his edges like a defenseman instead of being just like a set stop start stop snap with his skates and that's a big sign of what his training was as a Finnish goalie we we're talking a little bit about net minders yesterday and the different styles where there's a rise in Russian goaltending right now the last decade a lot of it had to do with the Finns and the Euro stepper glide and the way that that takes off trauma and, and just bad reps on your hips and your knees. And so you're able to kind of smooth follow. He's a carver. He just kind of floats around the, his crease and manages it super well. He tucks his elbows in and he lets his weight rest on his forearms and his wrists. So he has quieter holes around his hips. You see a lot of those long-armed guys, where Logan Thompson, sometimes they get under his armpit a little bit because he's just so long and there's just more area and more holes to to open up as he moves. And because Saros is such a compact goalie and he has minimal mess and retains his weight in his position so he can be extra efficient, you don't see those squeakers go through. And then you also see those rebounds that will stop right in front of him if they do happen and get all the way down to the ice. But he juts his hands to lead his his pushes and post to post that's going to help him get across with more power because he doesn't have the same power in his legs. So you kind of use the rest of your body to help guide you. And uh, he's battle bot mode where up in tight. So when you have those big time scrums in front of the net, he's not going to overextend himself like we were talking about with Jake Ottinger where he has that ability where he can kind of interject into that play. UC Saros is not going to do that because he knows he's a lot easier cooked if he's extending out into there. And so he's very impressive to stay steady and not get pushed back by contact. And you can see that in, in the way that he manages, it, especially on penalty kills. He's not going to be a guy that's taking a lot of chances in terms of his movement. I've never seen you so excited. Really? Yes. This yes. is just what I do, man. I know. No, you you were you were very very excited. I'm just telling you all about my notes and all almost, these it, things I noticed. I don't it, know if it made sense to anyone. But. It was almost like the moment was made for you because there is UC Saros and Connor Hellebuck leading whatever the Look hell they're that. trying I, I to do. I was inspired. I know. I was inspired by the goaltenders that you say don't matter. When we when we put this together, we literally had no idea that 
this no, was going to be on at the moment. No. The timing could not have been better. That's so. why the universe will take care of you if you let it. Okay. Telling you. So. Let it flow like the UC Sorrow skating strategy. Just let it go and fall over you. One more hour no left here on the VGK Insider Show for the week. Chris Chapman, Lindsey Brown with you here. We will be right back for hour number two right after this VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas.